Welcome to You Can't Get to Heaven in a Mini Skirt. My name is Jessica. And my name is Sarah. I almost said my name is Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you would like to find us on social media, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Heaven in a Mini Skirt, or you can go to our website at heaveninaminiskirt.com. And what do we have today, Sarah? This is your episode. This is your bread and butter. So please explain to us what we have going on. I am just so excited for this. I was saying earlier today to Jessica, this is my favorite episode by far that I've prepared for and I've done the most research that I've ever done for any episode. All right. So this is going to be the first part of a three-ish part series. We'll see. There could be more, but I have three main ideas three-part series on were they gay looking at the bible and looking at specific relationships within the bible that we were told growing up were friendships but asking the question was there something a little homosexual about that so we're gonna be starting today with the most convincing case in my opinion the friendship in quotations between jonathan and king david so I'm so excited. Buckle up. This I am so excited. I'm so excited. I literally have not a clue about any of this because as we know, Sarah is our resident theologian and I am our resident moron. <laughs> so I don't actually know anything about this and I'm super excited to dive into it because I know how excited Sarah is. Yeah. So we're going to start off with some background on who are Jonathan and David. And I thought it would be helpful if we use Slapsticks Theater, which is a YouTube channel that has lots of cartoons of Bible stories. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a three-minute video. We'll have it in the links if you want to see the video. It's quite – it's going to be fun to contrast the parts that they skim over with uh, what the scripture actually says. So is, is this for children? This is what we, you would have been shown like kind of as a child? Yeah, this is this is what you would show to children and it's kind of okay. disturbing. So I'm opening the YouTube. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. This is Jonathan. Hey! Who was the son of King Saul and a warrior in Israel's army. This is David, who would later become the king of Israel after David defeated a great giant. He was brought before King Saul and he met Jonathan. They immediately became friends and Jonathan made a pact with David and showed him that by giving David his robe and weapons. From that time on, David was successful in all he did and King Saul became jealous of David and very angry. Saul wanted his servants and Jonathan to get rid of David. But because Jonathan loved his friend David, he warned David of what his father was planning. Jonathan went to his father, King Saul, and talked him out of harming David. For a time, David was safe from King Saul's plans, but not long after, the king's jealousy and anger came back and he tried to kill David. David got away and his friend Jonathan came to help him. Jonathan tried again to talk his father out of hurting David, but now King Saul was convinced he needed David to be gone. Jonathan was angry and sad that his father would not let his friend go, and he knew that David would have to go into hiding and run from King Saul. Jonathan met David one last time, and the two cried and said their goodbyes. Jonathan told David to go in peace and that they had a special bond in God's name. Then David left and lived a life on the run from King Saul, and Jonathan returned to the town. Even though they were separated, the two were the best of friends and were an encouragement to one another. So in the story, they just, they're just they just not 
friends anymore. Going going with what they just said on the recording, so I'm just going to pretend that they were just friends. They were like, oh, and then they never saw each other again the end. Well, they never saw each other again because David had to go into hiding because Saul's armies were trying yeah. to kill him. And then, like, once David was out of hiding, Jonathan and Saul ended up getting killed. Oh, sad. Okay. So he never saw him again. Okay. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be going through all of this. But essentially, Saul was the king of Israel. And Jonathan was his firstborn son. And then David, he was the son of someone named Jesse. He was like a little shepherd boy. And then he defeated Goliath, the giant. So this is David from David and Goliath. Okay. Yeah. So he had defeated the giant. And then essentially Saul was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. He made him like an army commander. Saul was a little weird. He would get David to come and just play the harp for him for hours. And then he started to get jealous. And then at one so point- So wait, he, why did King Saul get jealous? He got jealous because everyone liked David more because David was killing more people in battle than Saul. Oh no. <laughs> so people were chanting like after a big victory, people were like, Saul kills the dozens and David kills the hundreds or the thousands. And I'm purposely not really talking much about Jonathan and David's dynamic because yeah. we're about to get into it now. Okay. So first off, I wanted to start by talking about the view of homosexuality in ancient Israel to give some context to how things were back then. Because obviously we live in Canada. It's a fairly accepting society. Ancient Israel wasn't so accepting shocking shocking <laughs> shocking so the hebrew bible said that homosexual acts were an abomination and punishable by death oh so shit. leviticus 18:22 said you shall not lie with a male as with a woman it is an abomination and then leviticus 20:13 says if a man lies with a male as with a woman both of them have committed abomination they shall surely be put to death their blood is upon them and so they're really against sodomy. They didn't didn't like sodomy. Very against that. So I wanted to start off with discussing the traditional Christian view of their relationship, the relationship between Jonathan and David. And so I consulted our favorite website, gotquestions.org. Your questions, biblical, biblical answers. answers. <laughs> <laughs> and so they kind of go through, they talk about how Jonathan loved David and that David was really sad when Jonathan died. And he actually said in his lament in 2 Samuel 1st 26, it was kind of like a song or a poem he was singing when he found out that Jonathan had died. And he said that Jonathan's love was greater than the love of women. And so their reason why any sort of suggestion that it's a homosexual relationship should be rejected is they have three main reasons. So they have the Hebrew word for love that is used here in 1 Samuel 16, 21, which is basically when they first met. And it was more of a political and diplomatic love. They were just like, they had a political relationship. It doesn't seem like it. No, it doesn't seem like it. So Okay, wait, before you continue. So this all happened in the Old Testament. Yeah. Because I know Samuel is in the Old Testament. Yes. Yes. Okay, this is before Jesus. Okay. Do you want me to center you with the Bible rap? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, that will center me. It'll center my chakras, honestly, if you do that. And so 
David's comparison of his relationship with Jonathan to that of women is probably a reference to his experience with King Saul's daughter. So David was also married to Jonathan's sister, Michal. Oh, this is a, this is a twist in the story. Okay. And he was also promised to one of Jonathan's other sisters for killing Goliath, but they didn't seem to hit it off so well. So basically, the love that David received from Jonathan was greater than anything that he could have received from Saul's daughter. Mm, okay, that's number two. And then argument number three is that the Bible clearly and consistently denounces homosexuality. See Genesis 1, 26 to 27, Leviticus 18, 22, 2013, Romans 1, 18 to 25. So extolling a homosexual love between David and Jonathan would be contradicting the prohibitions of it found throughout the Bible. Just because it's prohibited doesn't mean it didn't happen. (laughs) Right. David also raped Bathsheba. Remember that? We talked about that one. That's the same David? That's the same David, King David, yeah. So what David the hell, was, man? Yeah, so David raped Bathsheba. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. and I felt bad for him for a minute. Now I don't. No, okay. So, so this is the same David that later went on to rape Bathsheba, and he was the father of Solomon. But anyway, this is David's younger years when he was, seems like a better guy. Experimental years. <laughs> Experimental years. And so basically they go through and say they were obviously really good friends. It's not evidence of a homosexual relationship. It's an example of true biblical friendship. And it's ridiculous and not true to say that he was a practicing homosexual or bisexual. So that kind of gives you the argument against it being a homosexual relationship. And then I wanted to kind of dive into the queer theory because there's a lot to unpack and it is so good okay (laughs) okay so it wasn't really until there there were some renaissance painters that made it seem like david and jonathan were like a little homoerotic in some paintings but it wasn't really until the 19th century with our modern view of homosexuality and labeling sexuality that it was really described as potentially a homosexual relationship between the two of them. And so, I mean, obviously we know that homosexuality exists, not just in humans, but in dozens and dozens of other species. We know that there are evolutionary advantages. We know that there are genetic reasons for being gay. Obviously, if you don't know, I am gay zero judgment against gay people. I'm just saying that our view of queer theory and our understanding of human sexuality has evolved over time. And a lot of cultures were really against any sort of sexual expression that wasn't based on reproduction throughout history. So not not all of them were. In ancient Greece, there were lots of relationships between like adolescent boys and older men, which is, <laughs> I was going to say, probably which is a little not great. But really, after doing all this research, I feel like Jonathan and David are an example of a loving queer relationship. So let's get into it. Oh, do you have any impressions, anything you want to share first? Or are you ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in. I don't have anything to share. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going and so on. so I'm going to be using a few different translations of the Bible that we're going to be looking at different wording in different verses. But the main translation that I'm using for most of the verses is the English Standard Version. Okay. Why did I choose this? I chose this because when I was in the New Frontiers Church, a lot of people said this was the most accurate version based on the ancient Greek. I had a pastor who had his like PhD in divinity and he had studied the original Greek and Hebrew and he said that ESV was best. So that's why I went with this one. So we're going to start off in 1 Samuel 18 verses 1 to 4. Would you like to read it, Jessica? 
Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So I'm going to send this verse to you. First Samuel 18. Okay. One to four. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit into the soul of David. Ooh. So this is the first time he's ever seen David. Like, this is like his first impression. This is interesting. Wow. Soul of Jonathan was knit into the soul of David. That's okay. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even the sword and bow on his belt. Um... (laughs) They didn't wear underwear back then, so he was completely naked. So, number one... Their souls were knit together. That is some extreme shit. Number two, they got naked. Yeah. So. (laughs) Fair enough. What I found interesting was gotquestions.org said that the word that was used for love, the word is Ahab, that was used to describe the love between Jonathan and David. They said it was like a political love, but it's literally the same word for love that's used in verse 20 of the same chapter in the Bible to describe Michal's love for David. So that was like Michal was eventually David's wife and she was the younger sister of Jonathan. So it's the same love it used to describe his wife's love for him. And it never said that he loved Michal. It just said she loved him. No shit. (laughs) Oh my God. This just gets better and better. Yeah. Oh, way better. So, (laughs) so basically it's the same love used to describe a marriage relationship. They make a covenant and marriage is referred to in the Bible as a covenant. Yeah, what is a what, what is a covenant in this context? It's essentially like a uh, a binding agreement between two parties. Like a promise. A promise, yeah. And their souls were bound together. I mean, that's really romantic. I don't think that happens often. It sounds like they're saying it's love at first sight. And that's what I have here. Like Jonathan fell in love with David at first sight. David obviously didn't refuse this and he stayed in the same house under the same roof as Jonathan. I'm not gonna speculate on what happened under that roof, but we know (laughs) they made a covenant together and he loved him as his own soul. And he also, like it wasn't common to just like give your robe like those are a soldier's biggest possessions his robe his sword his bow and his girdle his girdle (laughs) his girdle yeah so he literally gave david all of these things why did he do that because he loved him because he he loved him and that was his showing of making a covenant with him it was like some of the queer theories i read online likened it to a sort of dowry like when a man would marry a woman back then they would have like a bride price they would give them a gift They would give them like 30 sheep or something. Um, And then so he gave him literally the clothes off his back and he was standing there naked, just loving him as he loved his own soul. Yeah, with probably a huge boner, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, probably. We're not going to talk about boners yet, though. No, not yet. Oh, God. So we are going to talk about them is what you're saying. (laughs) This is a fantastic episode. I am really enjoying this story. Okay, so we have their, their first meeting and... The next part we're going to be looking at is 1 Samuel 18, 20 to 21. And you're reading this. You're reading this. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. This one is fun to unpack. Okay. Now Saul's daughter, Michal, loved David. And they told Saul. And the thing pleased him. And Saul thought, let me give her to him that she may be a snare for him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall now be my son-in-law. A second time. A second time. And you see how there is a little footnote here? Yes. 
A second time is not the correct translation. Oh. But it was used to kind of make things seem a little... To make things seem how they wanted them to seem. So I'm going to be explaining this. So What version was the, was this in the... This is the Eastern the, Standard Version, but for this verse, we're going to be looking at like five different versions to see how... Oh my God, you really dove deep into this. This is great. Oh, uh, this one we're all... No, this one I lied. We're only going to be looking at two different versions. Uh, first off, the same word love that Michal or Michal, I don't know how to say her name, that she loved David. That was the same word used to describe Jonathan's love for David, just reiterating that point. And like you said, it actually just say that she, she loves him and not that he loves her. Exactly. And so in the King James Version, the last part of this verse says, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law, the one of the twain. So basically, we're going to just ignore the part of the Philistines, but people are trying to explain away, like, why would he say that he's going to be one of the twain? Twain literally means two. So this would seem to refer to, like, a second daughter, but unfortunately, it says, so it says one of the twain, but the phrase the one of is not in the original Hebrew. So it would be better to translate it to today you are my son-in-law with two of my children. That's like how it should be translated. Oh. Yeah. Not one of the twain, not one of the two, because some people were like, oh, well, he was offered Merab, who was the other sister, but he then met Michal. So, like, it was like those two that it's referring to. Okay, I, I could see that, but you could go the other way as well. Yeah. Because if he was going to be, you know, a son-in-law two times over, then he would be, yeah, with Jonathan. But some queer authors and queer theologians think that, why would he say you are my son-in-law with two of my children? Is he recognizing the covenant between David and Jonathan as well as David and Michal's heterosexual marriage? Just a question. It's interesting. Could be. Maybe he. Maybe Saul doesn't know that they're gay together, but maybe he's like, well, you guys have such a close relationship that I consider you a son already, but now you're going to be a son-in-law because you're marrying my daughter, but in secret... David and Jonathan are banging. There's a lot of interesting stuff in here. This could be like a reality show. This could be. So then we're going into 1 Samuel 20, 30 to 31. And so this is when Saul was like really, really angry at Jonathan. And this is what he said to him. He said, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse? Son of Jesse is David to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness. For as long as the son Jesse lives on earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and bring him to me and he shall surely die. So basically, some people would say, like some traditional Christian interpretations of this verse is saying that he has given away his title. He is the heir to the throne. And now it was Jonathan that's saying, no, David is going to be the king. And obviously Saul was like, I want my line to be carried on. But it gets a little weird where it's like, why is he calling him perverse? And why is he referring to shame and the shame of his mother's nakedness? If you look at Jonathan's mother, she worshipped different gods and lived in a culture that practiced homosexuality. So we just wonder. Was Saul a Christian? He was a Jew. He was a Jew. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. This is the Old Testament. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pre-Jesus. <laughs> okay, so, so he was a Jew. So you, son of a perverse, re- rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame? Interesting. Very. This is actually interesting. So what what I would see just with you reading that to me is that Saul knew that they were banging, 
but is in denial, of course. But, like, maybe the whole kingdom kind of knows that there's something going on. And it's, like, this This is very, like, Game of Thronesy. Like, this is very... I don't know if you've ever watched Game of Thrones. I did not, no. Well, this is, like, very much what it's like. There's, like, secret relationships and, like, everyone knows. But, like, the king is, like, ignorant or at least only sees what he wants to see until a moment of anger. And he's like, I know the truth, but I just don't want to admit it until right now until I'm so mad that I'm like finally admit the truth to myself and that's exactly what it seems like yeah especially because homosexuality back then was considered so taboo or perverse or whatever especially within the Jewish religion right yeah and so the passage seems to suggest that Saul was aware of some sort of relationship between them and didn't approve of it so now oh my favorite part there's more oh there's there's way more oh yeah <laughs> this just never ends there's... that yeah that's why i was like oh my god i'm so excited for this episode so next one is first samuel 20 41 to 42 and okay it's gonna mention kissing it was in this culture it was normal for men to kiss and anyone to kiss on the lips like that was not sexual just so you don't like freak out like to greet or whatever yeah yeah don't freak out oh my god <laughs> So essentially, essentially what had happened was Jonathan had just notified David that he wasn't safe and they were basically saying goodbye for the last time. This is when they never see each other again? Yeah, this is the last, the final moment that they were together. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times and they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan, why would David, okay, <laughs> that's such a weird line oh that that is the line that has been mistranslated oh okay okay we'll keep going but i that okay that's interesting then jonathan said to david go in peace because we have sworn both of us in the name of the lord saying the lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever and he rose and departed and jonathan went into the city so this is where it gets really fun. You had pointed out the the part that said David wept the most. So I'm going to read you what some other translations say, and then we're going to get into the, the original. Do you want to read the other translation? Yeah, I'll read it. Okay. So the one that I just read was the, yeah, the Eastern Standard Version. English Standard Version. English Standard Version. Did we say Eastern before? I think we might have said Eastern before. Oh, uh, maybe. Matter. English Standard Version. There's a lot of versions here, but it's interesting to see the way they have all translated it. And then we'll get into the original Hebrew. Okay. So then the New International Version says, and then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. And then what's the next one? What version is this? The Amplified Bible. Okay, then the Amplified Bible. It says, and then they kissed one another and wept with one another until David got control of himself. The Living Bible says, and they sadly shook hands, tears <laughs> Couldn't handle them kissing. <laughs> <laughs> they can't handle it. And they sadly shook hands, tears running down their cheeks until David could weep no more. Okay, Modern Language Bible says, they kissed each other and wept together until David got control of himself. New American Bible says they kissed each other and wept aloud together. New Century Version says, and then David and Jonathan kissed each other. They cried together, but David cried the most. Okay. Revised English Bible. Wow, there's a lot of Bibles. Then they, fuck. Then they kissed one another and shed tears together until David's grief was even greater than Jonathan's. And then the Revised Standard Version says, and they kissed one another and wept with one another until David recovered himself. And then the King James Version said, and then they kissed one another and wept with one another until David exceeded. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Ooh, what does exceeded mean? Okay. I don't know. 
So we're going to get into it. I think my favorite is the, where's the, the one, one where they, where they shook, shook hands? hands? <laughs> the Living Bible. It's like the Living Bible cannot handle. The they cannot handle the kissing. They shook hands. They shook hands. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I don't think I realized how many versions of the Bible there is. Oh my god. Oh, there are way more than that, too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. And it's interesting to see how they're all translated differently. The, the, the shook hands one, though. That's my favorite one. So they kissed each other until David exceeded. That was the word that they used in the King James Version. Do you know what exceeded means? Ejaculated. It means to grow. So do we think that David grew taller? <laughs> Um, so the hebrew word that's used here is higdil which is like it's a causative conjunction of the root word gadal which means to become big in other words he got a heart on while he was kissing shut up jonathan (laughs) so in in the original version that's like pretty much what that means well i mean i thought that i just had a dirty mind they didn't translate it that way but it means to grow so i mean like i don't know it seems pretty obvious to me. He could have grown emotionally. You don't know. He could have grown emotionally. He could have. Spiritually grown. You know, we all grow. We all grow. In different ways. <laughs> but. the Men especially. The Bible doesn't say what happened with this erection or this growing. But in the next verse, they swear on their seed. And in the Bible, semen is referred to as seed. So I just think it's in, it's interesting. It's like, did they just do like a quickie and then like swear on their seed? I don't know. What does swear on their seed even mean? They they swore that they would always have that connection, even if they weren't together, that their their families would always be connected and their offspring would always like keep each other safe. It was like a promise to each other. So, so it's, it's sad. <laughs> They're just friends, Sarah. Okay? They're, They're just, just friends. It's an example of holy heterosexual friendship in the Bible. <laughs> I don't want to be like every man that has a man friend are gay together because all sorts of relationships can be different. But this just seems like they had more than a friendship. And that's a fine. And it seems like a beautiful relationship. And honestly, a lot of gay men actually use the vows that they made to each other in their oath in their wedding ceremonies. Even straight people actually use the vows because it's so beautiful the relationship that these two people had and so in second samuel 126 david found out that jonathan and saul had been killed and he had his lament his poem i'm not gonna read the whole thing but i'm gonna send you one line in particular this this line is what applies to their relationship the most their love okay I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. I mean, okay, if I'm going to argue for the Christians, I could just say, like, sometimes a friendship with the person is better than anything that you've ever had with whatever sex you're attracted to. That could be accurate. But that that's just me maybe making the argument on Christians' behalf, but it just, I don't believe it. That really sounds like they were together. And maybe they did have a deeper bond than he'd had with any other woman, even if their bond wasn't sexual. But I think when you add it all up, and he doesn't say you've surpassed the love, it's just women, blanket statement. And as someone who came out later in life, like I, I didn't realize my sexuality till I was in my 20s. And when I actually had the first relationship with a woman, it was like the emotional, the sexual, the spiritual, that connection. It was like, whoa, like this surpass the love of men 
So I'm, I'm potentially just projecting my own experience onto this passage. But I think taking it as a whole, I think there is an interesting argument that this could have been a homosexual relationship. I don't think it's necessarily definitive either way. I, you're right. I, I think that you, you could be projecting, but I'm, I, I also believe the same thing. It sounds like they were gay, and that's okay. <laughs> they can be gay. So you want to know who didn't think they were gay? Mm, 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 mm. Sean McDowell. Sean McDowell. Kevin. No! No, Sean McDowell. I couldn't I couldn't find anything on Sean McDowell. But Kevin, the pastor at a Crossway Church, has a good answer if you want to see. Who's that? It's not Sean McDowell. <laughs> He's just a dude. But he has written his newest book is... Um, what does the Bible really teach about homosexuality? And he's not super pro homosexuality, just about to say. Okay. Okay, this guy's definitely gay. <laughs> <laughs> he's just channeling that all. So you read the question. Okay, yeah. So this starts with a question. What is the most textually faithful way to understand David's intensely passionate friendship with Jonathan? Is there any reason to think that the covenant made between them in 1 Samuel was a marriage covenant? So here we go. That's a fair question, though it's a question that would have been strange to anyone in the biblical world and, and really would have been strange to almost anyone until a generation or two ago. Because the fact of the matter is that homosexual behavior was almost unheard of within Israel. <laughs> then why, why were there laws against it then? And even uh, revisionist <laughs> scholars have argued that in ancient Judaism and in early Christianity, it would have been completely forbidden and not at all even a matter of controversy that homosexual activity was forbidden by scripture. So clearly in Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20, there's already there in the Torah a proscription against a man lying with a man as with a woman. Homosexuality is listed as one of the, the types of sexual sin there in the holiness code. So it's really unthinkable that David and Jonathan would have had a homosexual relationship and that there wouldn't have been the most extreme form of outrage and judgment either upon them or upon the biblical authors for suggesting as such. It makes much more sense to say the only reason that David and Jonathan can be presented with this intense male friendship is because it was so uh, assumed and so understood that a same-sex intimacy between two men would have been severely frowned upon, to say the least. I think of one anecdote I heard one time that at some point in Abraham Lincoln's life as a, as a lawyer and traveling around the circuit, he would sleep in the same bed with one of his assistants or one of his <laughs> male secretaries. Because people thought he was gay. Or companions, which was not at all strange. It's only because of our position in our culture and the things that we're wrestling with that some of these expressions of male friendship or camaraderie seem unusual. But in the, the context of 1 Samuel, what we see is the, the fall of Saul's kingdom and the ascendancy of David. And so when it says that Jonathan's love was greater to him than that of women, it's making a, a particular biblical redemptive point that the, the house of Saul and David has married one of Saul's daughters is, is falling and that she was less of a help to David than was Jonathan. So it's showing in God's providential care that Jonathan is actually going to be the means of David's ascendancy to the throne through his friendship, which was even more of a loyal friendship than he received Whoa. from his daughter. You're adding a lot of words to that, That's not at Kevin. all to suggest, as no ancient Jew would have even thought, to begin to think 
that this was somehow a marriage covenant or any kind of sexual relationship. The mental gymnastics that this guy's <laughs> doing. This guy is so deep in the closet, it's actually sad. Yeah. It's so funny, like, how angry people get. It just really goes to show the mental gymnastics that people really, the hoops that people jump through in order to try to say that they weren't homosexuals. But, like, I don't feel like me and you right now are going through mental gymnastics to say that they are homosexuals. We're just literally like, it says here that they kissed. It says here that he grew. Like, yeah, we're not jumping through hoops at all. We're literally just like walking in a straight line. This guy is like all over the place trying to be like, they're not gay, I swear. It was the covenant and God's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like that was wild. That was, that guy's just straight up delusional. But the problem with even looking at all the translations of the Bible is we clearly saw if someone was reading a translation that said, they shook hands. They didn't even kiss. Like, what are you talking about? We see that the Bible has been translated in so many different ways. Yeah. And that's why it's really hard for people to even have these conversations if they're not looking at the original Greek or Hebrew. And obviously, I am not fluent in any ancient language. I don't understand original Greek or Hebrew. But I do think that when I was looking at the websites for queer scholars, they were actually looking at the roots of the word. And these are people who are clearly, you know, they have their PhD in divinity. Just because you're not fluent doesn't mean you can't find the information pretty fucking easily, especially nowadays. Yeah. This is easy information to find. And like you said, it's no mental gymnastics to look through the original Greek and be like, that word means to grow. Like maybe it doesn't mean that David grieved harder. Maybe it means he just was hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the promo for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> So I find, but I do find it interesting because like, obviously you can interpret the Bible any way you want to. And I think that's the conclusion we come to with most episodes is that literally people use all kinds of big words and make all kinds of connections and parallels. The Bible is a huge book. Just because God did not approve of homosexuality doesn't mean David didn't do it though. Yeah. When he was like, it's it's unheard of in ancient Israel. I'm like, till a generation ago. I'm like, have you not <laughs> have you... heard about gay history, man? <laughs> like, And he's like, and now the battles that we face. Just because it wasn't talked about as much in history, in his opinion, doesn't mean it wasn't real. You know what else wasn't talked about was just like mental health problems. And like, oh my God, this guy, this fucking guy, like never show him again, please. He's not going to be our new Sean McDowell. This guy's the worst. Oh, if you don't like this guy, man, you're not going to like the next one. Oh, no. So we're going to get into some TikToks. <laughs> okay. And also, so, like we've said, the views expressed in this TikTok are not representative of all okay. Christians. It's just interesting. Because Buddy is pissed off. Yeah. We should probably have a thing at the beginning of our entire podcast saying that. And a lot of Christians are actually affirming of gay people. And if you know what, if you think it's wrong to be gay, that's also your view to hold. But we will say that we don't like that. Yeah. I respectfully or unrespectfully disagree. So here we go. Does 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4 show David and Jonathan as gay lovers? theologians like to say it does but the problem with how queer theologians approach the scriptures is they don't approach it looking for answers they approach it to approve their preconceived beliefs already this isn't just a problem with queer theologians but with humanity in general and how we approach the bible and it's something we need to think yeah about. i was gonna say let's quickly show how first samuel 18 1 through 4 doesn't prove david and jonathan as gay lovers quickly in verse 1 we see jonathan just heard david talk to king saul about what the lord has done Jonathan in 1 Samuel 14 himself knew that the Lord desired to preserve Israel and with that knowledge conquered a Philistine outpost by himself and his armor bearers with him. 
So hearing that, he realizes how similar he is to David. And it says, Jonathan became one spirit with David and he loved him as himself. But does becoming one spirit mean homosexuality? Well, no. What we see here is that they became one spirit as Jonathan realized how similar him and David were. As well, the fact that David, the love he had for David was the same love he had for himself. We see Jesus commanding us to love our neighbors as ourselves. That doesn't mean we have homosexual relations with our neighbors. It just means that we love our neighbors uh, as much as we love ourselves. Verse 3, Jonathan and David make a covenant pact. Now the word covenant here is berith, and it can mean marriage, but most of the time it does not. It usually means an alliance or an allegiance. In this case, an allegiance of friendship. We see in verse 4 that Jonathan strips before David and gives him his clothes. This is not in some homosexual manner, but rather Jonathan's acknowledgement of David being the successor as opposed to him. Jonathan being Saul's firstborn, he was supposed to be the successor, but the Lord chose David, and Jonathan was acknowledging this. This is a warning not only about queer theologians, but about us in general. We can very easily become blinded about what we want to be true, that we don't actually take the time to study what is true. First Samuel 18, <laughs> one through four, does not show a homosexual relationship. We just prove that it shows a deep bond and friendship between two men. He's arguing against himself. Like <laughs> yeah. saying confirmation bias exists. Don't fall for it. Anyway, here's my confirmation bias. Like what? You're making the argument against your own argument. <laughs> I know. It makes, it makes like, no sense. Okay, I, I get, like, there are, sure, you can interpret things certain ways, of course, but, like, like I said before, I don't feel like we're doing any mental gymnastics or really reaching. Like, he's really reaching, I yeah. feel like. He's not, like, totally hateful. I'm not, I don't hate him. It's just funny when he's, like, and you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Do you have homosexual relations with your neighbor? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I do. I'm, like, I don't know that I could say that sentence seriously. <laughs> That sounds like a preconceived notion that he's implying that people don't. Yeah, excuse me. Confirmation bias, dude. But I mean, being gay has only existed for like a generation yeah. or so. so. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the lengths people will go. I know, I know. I, I think it's like this guy obviously doesn't know any gay people. And he was like, well, if I've never met a gay person, then it obviously isn't true. Like, yeah. So what are your, I guess, after going through all the arguments, what are your thoughts? What conclusion are you coming to, Jess? Okay, my conclusion Saul is a huge homophobe, clearly. Jonathan, who is Saul's son, he's definitely just gay, for sure. David, I think, is bisexual because later he does do the raping. And has a bunch of wives. And has a bunch of wives. Now, homosexuals can have a bunch of wives, but I not, I don't think a lot of homosexuals, from what I'm assuming, would be like... Like admiring a woman that's taking a bath on a roof and being like, bring her to me. Yeah. And I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility at all. Again, reminds me of an episode of Game of Thrones that I would watch. So that's my opinion. There's going to be like an animated film coming out. It's about David's life. From what context? It's like similar to like The Prince of Egypt. That's a good movie. <laughs> I like that movie. The trailer looks pretty good. Uh, is it um is it made by like a Christian company or is it more of like what point of view are they going with? I think the traditional Christian point of view. Yeah. Same with Prince of Egypt, I'm sure is is similar. But um Prince of Egypt's that that movie slaps. That was a great <laughs> it movie. Slaps. It's so good. You didn't Slaps means it's good. Do you know the lingo? It slaps. No, I know nothing. I know yeah. nothing. Slaps? Slaps? Yeah. Yeah. There. I taught you some Gen Z lingo. Who came up with that? The kids. The children. So what is your conclusion after all this? I would say 
It's a similar thing to the the whole Gaylor thing, like that Taylor Swift is gay. It's like there's a Gaylor mm. thing. You haven't heard of Gaylor? <laughs> no. It's like my whole fucking TikTok. <laughs> you gotta get on lesbian TikTok. Your TikTok algorithm is fucked. <laughs> no, it's no, it's not. All the lesbians are on Gaylor. Okay, okay, okay. What's the, what's Gaylor? Tell me, Gaylor. Oh, that Taylor Swift is like bi or gay. Okay, so okay, great. There's literally people that like have dedicated their lives to this. What? Really? And it and it's been for like years, like over a decade. You got there's been Vice articles on this. I I don't know why it matters. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, that'd be cool, I guess. But what I, okay, what I was trying to say is like I I feel like it's one of those things where like Jonathan and David aren't here. They're not going to come out. We can look at the details of their life and we can speculate. We can't ever really know what happened to that that growth that that hard on. <laughs> but I I think that I I would put my money on that. Like hypothetically, if I die and all of this was true, all of the Bible, and I go to heaven, that'll be the or I go to hell. That'll be the first question I ask, regardless of where I go. I don't think either of us are going to heaven, especially after doing this podcast. I don't know. One saved, always saved. I don't know because the Christians on TikTok don't agree with that. Not all of them. That That's also up for speculation. That's a whole other podcast we can get into. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, we really, you're right. We really can't know. But if I'm going to also put my money on it, I would put my money on that they were together in an intimate way. And statistically, and from what I know about the world, that is so in the realm of possibility that it's ridiculous that anyone would suggest otherwise. Yeah. And I think if they were gay... It's a beautiful love story. The only thing is that David then goes on to be a weird rapist. And I, so I, yeah. how am I supposed to love them? I, I can't love, I, I can't. But, but you know, we'll, we'll take away what he did later in life and just see him for who he is right now. And I think it is quite beautiful. I think it is nice. You don't see a lot of love yeah. stories like that in the Bible. I don't think. Not that I've ever seen. Like their souls got knit together. Are you serious? I wish somebody would say that about me. No wonder people use that as an example of vows for their wedding. Wow. That was a fucking ride. I know. Do you have any more? Is that it? Uh, there was one more verse. Second Samuel 21, 7 English Standard Version. It was the king spared Methibosheth, the son of Saul's son, Jonathan, because of the oath of the Lord was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So even like a generation later, people were still recognizing that oath, whether it was a marriage or a friendship covenant. I don't think that people would recognize a friendship covenant as something that important as a marriage. You know what I mean? Like, what what is a friendship covenant? Political alliance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, they're also not going to recognize, like, a gay marriage back then. Yeah, that's true. So... I had a lot of fun researching it. I think it's it's been my favorite thing to research so far because when I was growing up, there was barely any sort of media representation for gay people. What what did you learn when you were younger about Jonathan and David? Oh, like kind of like the story at the beginning that they were just like besties. And did you ever question that in, or until you were older? Oh, not on not until I was older that I heard about that interpretation. And then when you actually read, because you've read the Bible cover to cover. Yeah. When you read that when you were younger, you were like, cool, they're besties. Yeah, because I wasn't looking into the original Greek for everything. And... You were reading the version where they shook hands. <laughs> yeah, they shook hands. 
or they kissed and I also had the bible that I had growing up was like a commentary bible so it would have footnotes and and end notes and below it would describe the interpretation of okay it was normal for men to kiss back then so I'd be like oh it's like people in France you know like oh it's cultural yeah yeah because well when you're a kid you're like this is the truth like you obviously believed very very strongly what you were reading yeah and I I think I was always pretty moderate in my views to gay people I definitely had a lot of internalized homophobia but I never really was like oh I hate gay people and they're gonna burn I'm guessing that you were like love the sin or hate the sin type of person well not even like I think I like by the time I was 17 18 I agreed that gay people should have the right to get married it just wasn't really mentioned much. We never talked about it. We never talked about it. And it's funny looking back. That's something that like I never struggled with my sexuality when I was like my teen years. I just feel like I wasn't I wasn't sexual at all. I feel like we we're pretty innocent. We were so innocent when we were younger. So to pe- give people context, we we have said this before. We've known each other for 20 years. We were so... Like, Like I wasn't thinking about sex in high school. We weren't partying. Yes, we were Christian. But even if we weren't Christian, I honestly don't think we'd be partying. Like, maybe a little. But we were just having fun. We didn't care that much about boys. There wasn't a lot lot of room for that in our lives. We just wanted to have fun, like, in the way that we wanted to have fun. We were just being silly. We always had, like, kind of a childlike friendship forever. And we still do. Like, we just... That's just not who we are. No, and I feel like also when we grew up, like the 2000s wasn't, yes, there of course there were gay people and it was very political with like gay marriage being legalized in Canada in the 2000s, but it was also not, there was not a lot of representation in our high school. None. I mean, you know, there was like four gay people that were out of the closet in the whole yeah. high school and everybody knew who they were. And representation for women. For women, it was like Ellen DeGeneres or like political stunts where famous women were kissing each other for like attention. Yeah. Remember like Madonna and Britney Spears? yeah that's true there was really like oh my gosh especially when it comes to lesbians there was like no representation you're right i feel like it was just really like sexualized like guys would be like "Ooh, Ooh. can i join in and then the women would be like yeah no like that's not and you're right it is very much more like a porn hyper sexualized except marissa on the oc and olivia wilde that was like the first couple and I really was like oh my god like I really like related to them what did you think about that when we watched the OC were you like that's cool I think I I thought it was cool I think it kind of made me feel weird yeah but and you know what's funny like we've talked about this before but like you coming out I asked you like I was like did you know that you were gay when you were younger And you're like, I just don't even, it just wasn't even on your radar. Yeah. Like I can look back and I can like look at experiences with this bias lens and like impose things on to, or look at ways that I react in situations and be like, okay, I can see it. But I, yeah, I definitely didn't have an awareness of it. Yeah. So in conclusion, what did we learn today, Sarah? We learned that. What did we learn? There is potentially a homosexual couple in the Bible. And there are potentially more because we're going to have more episodes. And do you think that we should say who our future episodes might be about? Or should we leave it as a surprise? Oh, I think we should say. Okay. So who's who will our next episode be about? Ruth and Naomi. Okay, Ruth and Naomi, again, no idea who those people are. Fantastic, so I can't wait to learn more. And then our third episode, our third episode of the installment. We are going to be looking at the sexuality of Jesus Christ. 
and then we will be burning in hell for eternity after that. So I'm excited for that one. That one's going to be the finale of the installment. And yeah. this was really fun. I hope that people aren't mad and that and that we did this story justice. And, you know. And if people are angry and think it's a horrible thing that we implied that there could have been some sort of homosexual activity in ancient Israel, then... That's their problem. Yeah. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with don't reach out people to us. being gay or bi or straight or whatever. It's not a choice. It's how you are. If you have a problem with it, you should look at your own homophobia and say, why do I care so much? Because we don't need that in the world. Obviously, we were biased entering into this episode. And we're biased leaving it. <laughs> yeah, every human's biased. We're, we're leaving it now. And... If you have your own bias, then you can start your own fucking podcast and talk about your biases. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. If a part of you is growing, we hope it's a penis because I don't know what else it would be. <laughs> <laughs>